Hey y'all, welcome to Wild Confidence. I'm your host, Ainsley B, and I can't wait to share with you some amazing guests on this season of the podcast. Our goal here is to help one another find, keep, and share our wild confidence in Christ. I'm so thankful you're joining us, and if you love the episode today, I'd be so grateful if you left a review or shared it with a friend. All right, all right, let's hop in. I can't wait to meet our guest today. Today's guest is not only a Grammy Award winner, GMA Dove Award winner, Billboard Music Award winner, American Music Award winner, all of these amazing things. Not only is she all of that, but she is also a wonderful, wonderful friend, an incredible talent, and I'm so excited to have a conversation with Lauren Daigle on today. You just absolutely love her. I absolutely love her. We have been friends for a very long time, and she was just gracious enough to come on and hang out with us today, talk about her album, self-titled, called Lauren Daigle. The full thing is coming out so soon. Let's hang out with Lauren. Lauren Daigle. That's so weird. I call it just You're just Lauren. Lauren, welcome to Wild Confidence. <laughs> Thanks, Ainsley. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm sitting in the sun in San Diego, and it's the best. San Diego, what a luxury. A dream. The sky is beautiful. The ocean is beautiful. I sat out this morning and stared at the ocean for a solid 20, just looking at it, not even doing anything. And I That's the looked best. at my friend who I was with, and I was like, I'm about to fall asleep just from staring at the ocean it's so beautiful and hearing so it peaceful. and the sensory of it mm-hmm. it's beautiful I love that i'm so jealous um how are you i love your nail polish for everybody listening in Thanks. i can actually see ainsley right now yeah and i'm <laughs> actually changing royal blue it looks amazing yes. it's so fun um i'm sleepy but i am great it's it's mm-hmm. great that you're the episode today because our conversation today, because there's no pressure, right? There's not, I mean, we're friends mm-hmm. in real life. So it's easy for me to show up and be like as real as I possibly could be, which is always a gift yeah. to be able to do that with a friend. Yeah. This is a no, um, for everybody listening in again, I have <laughs> zero makeup on. I'm in a robe <laughs> currently sitting <laughs> on a lounge, like a sofa. Yeah, we are not trying to put anything on right now. No, I love good. it though. That's okay, good. but this is, I genuinely, genuinely am so excited for you in life, in album release, in the first part and the second part. And those are the things I want to talk about quickly today because when I heard the album from top to, or from the first half from top to bottom, I literally was like, no, this is one of the best albums ever made in the history of albums ever made. Like 1000%. Oh I was, gosh. I don't like to go to shows where I don't know a lot of the songs because I like to sing and, and dance and whatever and like sing along. And mm-hmm. I went to that show knowing two songs maybe. And I was like, the whole time I was like, oh, it keeps getting better and better and better. Yes. So my question yes. is, how do you feel about the first part and the second part that is coming out soon. I am, when I say so pumped, I keep telling people, this is a record that I, I don't think you don't always necessarily get this as an artist, like, because there's requirements, there's things that you have to fulfill. There's obligations and, and all the bits, 
but mm-hmm. this record genuinely feels like a record that I I will love till the day I die. It's like that, it's that record that says, I hope that the world loves it. It will feel really, really nice yeah. if the world does love the thing that you're in love with. But even if the world doesn't love it, it still, when I turn these songs on, like I listened to one of the songs the other day. I don't know. It's it's not that it doesn't feel like me, but it's like a record I actually genuinely enjoy listening to. So how do I feel about it? I'm super excited. I'm glad that the music is out. September 8th is when the next record comes out, but yeah. it's it's the continuation of the journey. It's all one piece. We actually recorded the entire thing all together. And then when we were in the studio, uh, we were listening down to the whole thing and it took like two hours. And the label head of Atlanta, said to me, hey girl, I know this is like asking your artist to cut the Mona Lisa in half, but would you consider making this a two-part album? Wow. And I was kind of like, no, not at all. Like it's, I'm not interested in that. Um, and she was like, okay, well, the only reason why is because I just know that you're an albums kind of person and I want people to be able to digest it. And so I kind of mm. was like, let me go away and think about it for a second. And the more I started thinking, I was like, yeah, I don't want tracks like 14 to 19 to get lost just because people get listening fatigue. So yeah. we broke it up into two pieces and all the fans had waited for five years for a record to come out. So yeah, yeah, it's interesting because I'm like, okay, I'm ready to see what adding this next piece will do, you know, because those songs are just, they're so dear. Some of my favorite songs of the entire album are on the back half so I'm pumped (laughs) I'm so excited what's something you learned about yourself in the process oh I feel like that is why this record is so me and so important to me is for that Mm. very reason so uh, of how much I learned in the process of this I got to write with writers that I had never I I did not even realize how much my soul had longed to write with writers like this until I was Mm. in the room. And then you feel what happens and you're just like, wow, how, how can this experience be so rich? How can this be so good? And I'll never forget. um, Well, what did I learn? Some of the things that I learned is just how to use your voice and how to find your voice again, once you've lost it. And I feel like there's a season where with all the things that were going on, I just, remember feeling like I I was completely voiceless. Like I have nothing to say. I don't know what to give the world that would amount to anything worth listening, not, not just worth listening to, but that would amount to any sort of transformation. And, um, and I think there was a lot of pressure to live up to look up child in a way of like, Mm, yeah, that record said so much, like, what is she going to say on this next record? Yeah. And I would go into writing rooms and they're like, okay, so what do you have to say? And I walked in to write with Natalie Hemby. And when I walked in, she was like, hey, girl, good to meet you. We sat on the sofa and it was like a long lost friend that I'd never met. Like she just was such a treasure to me and just helped me really discover my voice after feeling like I had nothing to say, nothing to give. Um, I think COVID did that probably to a lot of artists. Like, made them question whether what they were doing or to a lot of people with careers in general um, or not careers just made people think, am I doing what I'm supposed to do? Is this the purpose at which I want to live? Like what needs to change? What needs to stay? 
you know, all of the, I think it kind of made everybody toss and turn a little bit in some yeah. regard. Um, if they were in a season that they were already, already kind of questioning. And so for yeah. me, it kind of shed light on purpose all over again. And this record really brought that to the forefront. It is. It's truly incredible that that kind of season brought this kind of explosion of creativity. Like a lot of people could have used, uh, you know, COVID in the the year or two that were kind of taken from them and felt suffocated and just really went backwards, right? Mm-hmm. But you have shown us with this art that you took that and that purpose uh, exploration and just blew it up into this amazing uh, celebration of life versus the yeah. suffocation of life, which yes. is amazing. I, I had this guy the other day mention that in a Q&A. He was like, hey, I just have, he gave this entire dissertation. It was so beautiful, like the way he asked this question. But he was like, I just have, a, I just am curious. He said, I'll be honest, I've reached a point in my life I'm a, I'm actually a really happy person. I, I don't really need anything. I don't necessarily like things in my day. Just, I don't know. They're, I've just chosen to be happy and, mm. and I love being happy. And I, I put on this record and listened to it. And he said, and all I kept hearing the whole time is how much joy is in this record. This record wow. feels so happy com- compared to the stuff that you've released before. And he said, how did you, what was that journey like? Like, how did you embark upon? Cause I feel like there's gotta be a story under here as to why you're, you know, able to deliver such a happy record. And I told him that I was like, you know, sometimes you have to go through like the deepest amount element or amount of sorrow Mm. to find yourself tasting joy in the most new and revitalizing way. And Mm. I feel like there was a season um, coming off the road, having to, you know, have a record that I had to release, but I was also dealing with in such intense depression during that time. And I remember thinking, God, this feels like a mountain that's too big for me to climb. Like, I don't know how to pull myself out of, out of this. And um, I remember just like getting COVID and never feeling the same. Like I would go to doctor after doctor after doctor and be like, something is not right. My body is, has been hijacked. Like I do not understand. And with that hijacking came my emotions, my personality, like my capacity. There's so much that I felt like got stripped away. And, Mm. and I sat and I remember just being like, God, I, there's no one else and there's nothing else I can rely on. I typically am somebody that like, if I find myself in a hole, I'll figure out a way to dig myself out of it. Yeah. Yeah. But this was like one I couldn't, it was like a mountain that was just too big to climb. And so I feel like I, I remember a prayer that I said something along the lines of like, God, I need you to show me joy again, but like bring that joy back into my life. I don't know where it went. I don't know how it got lost but I'm not living a joy filled life anymore. And I need like, I'm the, I'm the girl that's known as being happy, but there was just a season that it didn't, it didn't come natural. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so 
I remember that was, that prayer was like the beginning of newness of life in a way. Like I would go to the grocery store and an old man would smile and I'd be like, oh my gosh, or you'd pass a playground and kids would be playing. And it was like this new sense of life, like this awakening Mm. that slowly unfolded. And so, yeah, that joy I was able to actually bring into the record because I think, I mean, I don't know about everybody else, but I've had enough of the like heaviness of COVID, the heaviness of the times, the heaviness. And we do need, we need something to celebrate. We do need something to remind ourselves like at the end of it all, we know how this story ends. And so even in the pressing along the way, we were here for such a time as this. So how do we, how do we maintain our faith and how do we maintain our joy within that, uh, within the intensity that is going on around us? Mm. That's good. That is so good because that's so hard. But if you, if you, if we can learn that lesson, it just, it really makes us believe that his burden is light mm-hmm. and that we can carry that lightness versus mm-hmm. the heaviness of our burdens of our day-to-day life burdens. I mentioned earlier how Lauren and I have been friends for a very long time. I think since like third or fourth grade, I don't know. It's been a while. So I wanted to tell you something that I really do every year with my friendships uh, to make sure that I am being as good of a friend as I could possibly be. Every year I make a list of my friends and consider how I can be a better friend to them. I think about what their year was like and how I can support them in any upcoming ventures. And I also think about who I should put a boundary with or who it's time to let go of, at least for now. I call this my friend inventory. Friend inventory, get it? Grab your friend inventory guide at ainsleybritton.com slash links if you want to try a friend inventory today. You know, you do such a good job at inviting people in to your just, it always feels like you're the only person in the room kind of like talking or even at a show, it feels like you're just very inviting of people into your space, even though it's a shared space and like, I don't know. You just do a really good job. I'm going to say that it's a Louisiana lanyap kind of feel. <laughs> and you always have a little bit of lanyap at these shows, which is so I fun. And I personally, I'm all about it. I love it so much. I'm like, this is, these are the days. It's so awesome. <laughs> and the Q and A's are some of the most fun because you really get that personal, I don't know, your, your thought process behind things and all of this. And one of the things that, um, you said in one of the Q and A's that I was in, we were talking about the set design. Cause I was like, I'm so obsessed with the set design. I need to know how you came up with it and what the inspiration was. So I was wondering if you could tell us about that set design here. on Wild Yes. Okay. So people have for everybody that is not from Louisiana, but I guess some people from Louisiana do also have negative connotations associated with Mardi Gras, yeah. but there is a way that Mardi Gras is good, just whole fun. Like yes. it is, I grew up going to Mardi Gras my whole life yeah. and it was um, like parades and floats and people throwing beads and we would barbecue and sit out. And when the floats, like in between each parade, we'd be playing yeah. football in the yard, like just so much fun, like really good kid memories, if you will. And so um I give that like little disclaimer, disclaimer as I go into, yeah, as I go into 
like the religious folk are going to hate me, right? But the people who <laughs> get it are not going to hate me. So one of my favorite things about being from Louisiana is Mardi Gras. And it's so much fun. It's like our culture expressed. There's heritage things that take place. There's colors. There's art and design. There's so much that goes into Mardi Gras that is on Bourbon Street and anything like that. And I think uh, I remember right after COVID, that Mardi Gras was so exuberant. People were like elated to finally be out the house, finally yeah. be able to get, go and enjoy the things that our uh, culture and the French, you know, influence uh, celebrate. And so I remember seeing these costumes and seeing people so like, when I say the the level of detail that these people bring to the forefront um, with their costume design for no commerce, no, it's not yeah. for money. It's not for anything, but the sheer love of creativity. That to me was so becoming and so inspiring. And so I wanted to bring those colors, those textiles, those shapes into the art and design of our set. And um, that particular show that you were at was really fun because a lot of the native um, Mardi Gras costumes um, with the like tassels and strips of, of, I guess it's just cloth, if you will, um, all those fabrics were the same types of fabrics that were used to make the set. So that, that was really so fun. cool. And you said you made it to where it like can't be flammable, right? Yes. Like I didn't can't. know this. I mean, obviously, duh, they always do this where they have to have the, like, I, I always knew sets couldn't be flammable. Right. I just didn't necessarily know the process. <laughs> and so we had this one built for, um, that was built for the photo shoot. And so yeah. I was like, oh, instead of building a second one, let's just use what we have from the photo shoot and build a set out of it. And I think we did one show and then found out that the set, the people who had designed it, it wasn't flame resistant or anything. So we had to tear that whole thing down and build from scratch a brand new oh set gosh. that was like road friendly and could be thrown in the back of a semi truck, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. So it comes with like trust and all the things now, but the first round was very, very home ec. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But I loved that you shared that because it was so cool to just A, see the inspiration, B, feel like we were invited into an experience with you and see that little detail of it, like not being flammable or whatever. No one thinks about that, but I think it's just so interesting to be like, wait, you literally, like you can have all the creative explosion in the world, but this is one thing that you have to consider and then just I don't know mm -hmm. how it can stretch your thought process of like the creativity of the set design including the songs and all of that you know how all of it just plays in together is so art and I just mm -hmm. love it I love it it's crazy because I didn't know about this when we work with these set designers they go to so my team is out of LA so it's called Silent House and they do all of our set like all of the um, like AutoCAD drawings of the sets, all of that, that they deliver prior. And then mm. they go down to a place in Austin, Texas that they literally fly to. And it's this warehouse that all they do is test treatments. So they 
So say no. like this one thing that we test was this like light orb. And it's like a light that we wanted to be pixelated, but that also could like rotate and have movement to it and stuff like that. So they go down there and they create prototypes. Like, how is this going to work? How is this? And they'll do it in like small scale, like maybe the size of like a coffee table or something. Yeah, yeah. And then they expand upon that for the size that it would be needed for an arena. But it's crazy that you have to, there's people that actually build these set pieces from scratch. It's not, yeah. you know, I I just didn't know the level of detail that goes into some of this stuff. Yeah, It's amazing. It, it is. I, I just love hearing about it. I love hearing every single detail of the creative process because it really is Me what too. brings it all together and makes it so mm-hmm. cool. Okay. Well, I know you're busy. So I just want to ask you one last question. How can we support you in life and in launch? Oh, I love it. Okay. Go buy the record. That's one. For I'm sure. so excited. We've got some fun little things that we're going to be doing along the way, like in the release that I think is going to be really clever. It's going to be really fun. You'll see it on my social media as it folds out. Lauren at Lauren underscore Wait, what is it? At Lauren underscore Daigle. I always have to remember. I'm like, I don't she know. Said, what is it? At Lauren underscore Daigle. We're going to be releasing all this stuff. Um, and how can you support me in life? Um, I always tell people when they pray for me, I actually feel it. Like mm. there are times where the grace over what I do just feels like endless. Like there's yeah. moments where I'm like, okay, God, I really feel you carrying me in this season. This doesn't, I don't feel like much resistance. This is incredible. So I would say just keep praying for me the best you can. Um, and come out and see us on the road. The kaleidoscope tour starts in September as well. So it's like a big, it's like a birthday present to all the Lauren Daigle fans. Like you get, you get the tour to launch, launch and the record all yes. at the same time. Yes. I'm so pumped. I cannot wait for shows. I'm like bursting at the And we're coming to Baton Rouge. Yes. I love it. The, we're going to be in Baton Rouge the day that the record launches. I know that's it. I thought you may have done that strategically because your birthday is the next day. No. Is that hilarious? Oh. So we have like five dates and there was like three of them that didn't work out and we only had two left. And I looked at the dates and I was like, wait, September 8th, y'all, that's in Baton Rouge. We should have like a big Baton Rouge uh, album release birthday party. Like yes. that would be a blast. Let's release it that day. So that's what we're doing. <laughs> that's incredible. Oh my gosh. I'm so excited for all of this. You are the best. I'm so thankful that we got to hang out and I love you. Me too. I love you. Love you. Love you. Thank you, Ainsley. This is fun. Thank you so, so much for spending time with us today and hanging out here on Wild Confidence. I hope that you feel encouraged and ready to tackle the day, feeling even more confident than you did before you started listening. I'd be so thankful if you left a review or shared this episode with a friend and I'll see you soon. Oh, don't forget, let's connect on Instagram. My Instagram handle is at Ainsley B and I hope to meet you there.